Welcome to Sold Out Sports Talk with your host, Roman Gabriel III. Up-close conversations with high-impact personalities from the world of sports and entertainment. Follow Roman on Twitter and Facebook at Roman Gabriel 3. Now, Roman Gabriel III. Welcome back to Sold Out Sports Talk on American Family Radio. I'm with a special guy right here, Rick Shadiak, and, uh, you know, St. Jude's Hospital CEO president. And, uh, Rick, I've gotten to know you guys, obviously, through the FedEx golf tournament, which you guys do such a great job. And, of course, the hospital is an amazing place for uh, parents and for their children with cancer. And I had a good friend of yours, Ken Agard, where I learned a lot more about what you're doing this last spring. Uh, and, of course, your NFL uh, here at the Super Bowl for a reason, for an award show that we're going to visit tomorrow night where the award winner last year was James Brown, a good friend, and award winner this year, Tony Dungy, another one. So obviously an award that is uh, given to a man that doesn't just do it great professionally but does it in his personal life. That's exactly right. And, and it's good to see you, Roman. So thank you for having us You're on welcome. your show. And, and, and I think it's very fitting because I think Pat Summerall would be really proud to honor Tony Dungy. As you said, the award stands for excellence in broadcasting, but it also stands for excellence as a human being. And, and Coach Dungy has given back so much to his community and also to other charitable charitable causes. So I know that Pat would be very, very proud to honor You him. guys raise a ton of money well, and, have for, <laughs> and have. We have to. But the hospital itself, what you do for kids and their families, being able to, first of all, cancer is a devastating thing, but to give the parents that ability that can't afford to pay, it's so expensive to take care of their needs as well as the children's needs has been the calling card for St. Jude's. So tell me about your participation, why this is such an important organization for you. Well, well, you know, Roman, St. Jude Children's Research Hospital leads the way the world understands, treats, and defeats childhood cancer. And, and our patient base comes from all across the United States and the world. But the cool thing about St. Jude is that no family will ever receive a bill from St. Jude, not for the cost of treatment, travel, housing, or food, because all we want our moms and dads to worry about is helping their child survive cancer. So we rely upon public support to be able to keep stay true to that mission. So this year, the hospital budget is, is, is about a billion dollars wow. with a B, okay? So we've got to raise that kind of money. And that this event tomorrow night will allow us to raise close to a half a million wow. dollars and create tremendous awareness. So exponentially, it'll be more than that. So that's the significance of this event while we honor a great guy. And the golf tournament, what, what was the genesis of getting involved with, with that? Well, you know, Danny Thomas a long time ago said we need to associate with professional sports. It was a way to, for free in all candor, uh, be able to spread our mission, put it on national television. So we associated with the FedEx St. Jude Classic. Back in the day, it was called the Danny Thomas Open, if you remember. Yes, I do remember okay? that. Uh, they, they used to name Found it the after Bob Hope days, exactly. you know. Exactly. They named it after the celebrities. And it was a great way for us to get on national television, talk about our mission, uh, and to celebrate what we we were doing, but also to let people know that if, God forbid, their child was diagnosed with cancer, that there was this resource known as St. Jude Children's Research Hospital that would be there for them. Rick Shadiak with us, CEO and President of St. Jude's Research Hospital, and a big award show tomorrow night, going to be busy raising some money, but more importantly, starting a tradition of awarding this wonderful media award as to not just the best media person, but the person who makes the impact on his community, and you've had some great award winners. And um, Tony Dungy, you know, obviously we know a lot about Tony and what he's done, but 
How did Tony win the award? What you were thinking about in doing that for him this year? Well, we, we wanted to pick somebody that really epitomized what Pat Summerall stood for. So clearly that was the excellence of broadcasting and then secondarily, but I think really primarily, is, is, is how wonderful of a human being he is and the difference that he's made in young men and women's lives across the United States. So uh, it really was an easy choice, in all honesty, and someone that we've been pursuing for some time. It's going to be cool, too, because Peyton Manning's going to be there to give the award to his oh, coach. Oh, wow. And Special Peyton, night. Peyton's a busy man, so but I know he loves Coach Denji and would do anything for him, so that's a great get. It is, and he also loves St. Jude, too. Yes, he does. Yeah. There's no doubt about that either. Of course, Tennessee guy and uh, volunteer, and you guys do so much in that state. Right. Tell, tell me about the future for the research hospital and where you guys are going. So, you know, we got a lot of work to do. Cancer remains a leading cause of death by disease in U.S. kids today. So we still have a lot of work to do. And, and you know, we're looking at increasing survival rates or increasing the number of patients that we see at St. Jude. We're entering into some, you know, research consortia with other institutions to try to, you know, speed the cure. Uh, but really what I also think we ought to talk about for one second is that, that around the globe, survival rates for childhood cancer are abysmal. So while, while we celebrate survival rates of 80% overall around the globe, in, develop, in the developing world, it's only around 20%. Wow. So we've got to do better. And that's why St. Jude has established partner sites in 17 different countries. And we really want to move the needle in those countries. And, and, and we think that we can as we educate the next generation of, of doctors in their countries and teach them how to take care of kids in their own countries. So you're taking that success uh, model here in the United States and putting the energy into these areas that don't have the facilities or don't have the availability to be able to give them the care that a child in America would get. That's awesome. So what are some of the countries? Well, we're, we're throughout Central America. So this past year, I visited our partner sites in Guatemala, okay. Costa Rica. We have partner sites in Honduras and El Salvador. And then if you go into Chile, we're, we're, we're in uh, Brazil. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I'm sorry, if you go into South America, we're in Brazil right. and Chile. And then we have a, a, a large hospital in Beirut, Lebanon. Wow. Uh, and we have a, a hospital. We have affiliation with the King Hussein Cancer Center in Jordan. So, and then we're in China, so we're all across the globe. I've spent the last five years going to El Salvador into schools and underprivileged areas there, and you're right, those, those uh, communist and underprivileged areas that are underdeveloped have such dire situations. Uh, it's either rich and poor, there's no in-between, uh, and it's definitely that area is a place you need to be, and they have so many natural disasters have had over the years. So. Uh, what's this going to take in terms of fundraising to be able to do 17 countries and to be able to do well, that? You know, it's, it, it's literally a multi-billion dollar annual problem to try to tackle childhood cancer around the globe. So it's a daunting task, but we try to do it incrementally here and, 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 and try to make a difference in some of these countries. Look, I can tell you where we've gone in and, and we've been able to just talk with folks about some basic things that we take for granted. We've actually been able to increase survival rates. Simple education can, mm -hmm. can impress upon people the importance of follow-up care. For instance, you know, abandonment of treatment is a big problem in the developing world. So people will start treatment, and then maybe for lack of education or lack of resources, that because they have commitments with other family members, they might not come back and get the kind of care that you need. 
there also is a problem with, with distance. So, you know, we take it for granted. We've got children's hospitals and wonderful hospitals down the street from where all we live right in the United States. It's not like that in the developing world. So we've got to figure out transportation, and we have. We've got to figure out ways of educating people about the importance of follow-up care. So that's what this is about. Rick Shadiak, CEO, President of St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital. And for those out there, our audience is a faith-based audience, 150 cities across the country, internet uh, people, very mature audience. For those in our audience that would like to give, that would like to get involved, in their, even in a small way, with, with your, your fight for this, how do they do that? They could go to our website, Roman, and that, that's St. Jude, S-T-J-U-D-E dot org, and they can learn about our mission. They can make a donation there. They can see where we have our various events around the country. So lots of ways to engage with us. Well, Rick, it's going to be a big night tomorrow night as uh, Tony Dungy receives the award. and. Uh, uh, James Brown's a very good friend of mine uh, who won the award last year. Two more class acts in, in the business and as people as well. Our show is about faith, family, and sports and about highlighting the stories of, of those people who get it yeah. and who really want to make a difference in people's lives. And that's what you guys are doing, and that's why we were glad to have you guys on our show because I really believe in what you're doing. I really believe you guys are having a huge impact, and uh, children, the next generation, uh, need our help. Roman, thank you for having us on, and, and God bless you for the amazing work that you do. Uh, and thank you for giving us an opportunity to talk about the life-saving work at St. Jude. Thanks, Rick. We'll see you tomorrow night. Sounds great. Roman. When we thank come you. back, more on Sold Out Sports Talk on American Family Radio. Welcome to Sold Out Sports Talk. Uh, good friend in the house, uh, known her for a long time. CBS Sports started out when, when CBS was the number one in the world, and Brent Musburger and Jimmy the Greek and Irv Cross, a fellow teammate of my father. So Leslie Visser stopping by. Leslie, it's always great to see you. Roman, I think we've done this for 25 years. But do you know that CBS spent so much time here in Minneapolis 25 years ago when I was uh, privileged to present the Lombardi Trophy? But it was also the Final Four was here and uh, the World Series. I know. Blackjack Morris. Is that 86? No, 92. 92. It was when the Redskins beat... And, you know, do you think this was when the Redskins beat Buffalo? And um, don't you think we all underrate Jim Kelly? Oh, yeah. We forget him. Everybody forgets him. Jim Kelly's one of the great ones of all time. We were talking about this the other day, Super Bowl champions, and I was talking to somebody. Frank Reich was here. I talked to Frank, and he's a good friend. And uh, I think what the Bills did going to four Super Bowls was maybe one of the great feats in sports history. It it absolutely was, And but for that – you know, five Google. inches. I do think Jim Kelly. We would put him. You know, we put Marino there sure. without a ring, and but we would put Jim Kelly much closer. Right. You know, I mean, I'm not saying Brady or Montana. But remember, but, though, Leslie, what he did. You know, I was in the USFL, and what he did too. in the USFL was ridiculous. With, I mean, Jim was just so talented, and really, the offense they ran with the Gamblers is what they do today. If he'd have run that offense at Buffalo his whole life, yes. you know, because they, they had Thurman, Thurman Thomas. I mean, they could run the football, too. So he was the kind of guy who could throw it every down if he needed to. The K-Gun. Playing now. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It was. It was what uh, they did was amazing. You know, it was so it was so much fun um, to see the Redskins uh, win it, even though it was at Buffalo's expense. The game wasn't even close. But it was, um, 
Yeah, that was such a great Redskin team. It was the fun bunch, the receivers, and uh, they ran that counter tray all the time. And the one that they won here was Mark Rippon. Right, Mark. Yeah. And that was a great game for him. It, it, great for him. You know, one of the things that I love about you is, is that you were a star in the business as a woman in sports and accepted so far before this whole thing began. Um, but how does it feel for you to, to have been a foundational figure for young women in this business? Uh, thanks for asking that, Roman. I finally embrace it. I didn't want to wear it for a long time, but um, Michelle Tafoya just said to me the, uh, the other day, she said, you took all the firsts. <laughs> and it was true, you know, first woman to cover the NFL as a bead, first woman on many, many, you know, NBA broadcasts, World Series broadcasts. Uh, so I covered 35 Final Fours. So I, for a long time, I just really said, well, I just love sports the way other kids love music, you know, or poetry or the law. I just love sports. And we have a mutual friend, I think, that you got to work with one of the greatest ever in Brent Musburger. I mean, he was so great. You know what, Brent, I the two I had who were like that, Brent Musburger and Al Michaels, you never felt you didn't know where the broadcast was going. They never left you hanging. Um, Brent, I hope nobody sees this. Can I tell you an off-the-record story? Yeah, sure. Okay, my very first um, television assignment, I went from the Boston Globe right to CBS, and it was the U.S. Open Tennis. And do you remember Hanna Mandlikova? I heard the name, I think. She was a great player. She was from Prague, behind Martina. Uh And uh, so my very first assignment... Brent's hosting the U.S. Open. He says, let's go out to uh, Court 16, Leslie Vissers with Hanna Mandlikova. So uh, she had a great run that summer. She won the U.S. Open. I said, to what do you attribute your sudden rise in the rankings? And she says, well, I think it is my new couch. So I thought, I don't know, maybe she's sleeping better or something, you know. So I say, oh, did you get some new furniture? And she looks at me and she says, don't be ridiculous. Billie Jean King, my new couch. <laughs> So Brent's head just hit the table, and CBS would play it like every year, every year. But um, he a, was great to work with. How in the world did you guys get away with Jimmy the Greek and the all and the lines and the whole deal at that time? You know, I think uh, I think people are naive if they didn't think that gambling wasn't the underpinning of mm-hmm. the NFL. I mean, back then, I mean, why why would you watch Tampa, Houston Oilers? You right. know, what, what would be the so I think that it, it was, you know, one of that kind of intentional blindness. Because now, you know, now even Adam Silver came out with the NBA and said, yeah, let's allow gambling. What's the biggest change from back then covering the NFL to today, you think, for the, the women that are in it today? Uh, there are a few changes. Um, one, when I started, Radio Row was a row. <laughs> An actual row. <laughs> a row. Like four people. Yeah. And uh, back then, everybody smoked in press boxes. Really weird. And, uh, of course, there weren't ladies' rooms when I started because there were no other women. So, I mean, the changes are, I love it now that any young woman can grow up and say, I want to cover sports. Yeah, there's so many. It was great. In the beginning, we all knew each other. You know, we'd go to each other's marriages or whatever, weddings, births. But um, now, I don't know. I probably well, you don't know Laura Oakman, right? Yeah, of course. She's great. She's doing this galvanized program where she's, um, I guess, tutoring college young ladies that want to go into sports or young ones that are trying to move up in the business. And I always see these incredible photos and pictures of her on the sidelines. She's communicating and partnering with teams 
Hornquist, she'll go into the Oilers, or and they, they get to find out what teams are looking for from a sideline person. I thought that was just an awesome idea uh, to take, you know, because she's been a veteran for a long time. And she knows what she's doing, and I try to tell women two things. Uh, one, turn the sound down, and what do you see? Do you see the safety blitz? You know, or can you see Syracuse's 2-3 zone? You know, can you see it? Don't wait for us to tell you. You see if you can see it. And the other thing I tell them is, if you don't love it, don't do it. <laughs> tell, tell, me, tell, me a, tell me a sideline story uh, that, that people uh, would be surprised by. Uh, well, it was always very cold in Lambeau, as you know, and I was spent half my life in Lambeau because uh, when I first went to CBS, we had the NFC package, and um, so, of course, it was always the Packers, all cold places. Yeah. Packers, Vikings. I mean, you know how cold, well, they were indoors, but um, how cold the Bears were, how cold the 49ers were, the Giants, you know, everybody cold. So one time I bought these, like, hunting socks, and they had these big D batteries hanging out the back. And, of course, they went dead in the second quarter. I'm clumping around Lambo with these big, giant D battery socks. And John Madden, on the air, said, that's the most pathetic thing I've ever seen. Oh, you mean <laughs> during the broadcast? During the broadcast. During the broadcast. Have you heard this? Of course, I'm clumping around. This is a that's so funny. loser bill. Because they wouldn't let us near you guys. You know, the bench, you have the warmers, but they don't let the sideline. Well, that's the name, that's the name of a guy that... You know, it seems like he's been gone a long time, but was a front, you know, another guy that, that, that set the tone for what covering football is about. What was it like working with John Madden? Oh, he was brilliant. He was, um, I wrote a book, which is why I'm here um, uh, going around. Well, we'll tell get me the to name it. of the book. Uh, I'll tell you that in a okay. second, but I'll tell you John first. So I had the privilege of, I think I rode his bus with him for like five or six years. And um, he was so brilliant. You know, he would... We'd be riding through Utah on our way to a 49er game or something, and he would just look out the window and out of nowhere say, dark chocolate. I, I don't get it. it. It's like they got halfway to milk and quit. <laughs> he was so, so you original. heard it all then? Heard it all. Plus, he would we'd watch a lot of film. You know, watched a lot of films. Well, so you got a chance to look at it from a coach's eyes. I really did. It was a privilege. I oh, mean, I it bet. was really a privilege. And... You know, people say, well, it's so much shorter if you fly there, but no. no. So For much. your career, it was an awesome it was move, right? really a privilege. Very few people get that opportunity that yes. aren't in the locker room. Yes, it was you just know, It like... reminds me of my father when I was nine years old. My dad would come home every day. We had the old, I still have his 16-millimeter projector that he used to have the clicker with, <laughs> right? And we used to go in his back office, and I was nine, and, and my dad was so meticulous at studying film and studying each individual and knowing exactly what everybody was doing on both sides and so I was thinking, this will be really cool. I want to see the game, right? And so about half hour through, he's not off of one play, right? And he's just <laughs> going back and forth, back and forth. It's like, Dad, will you just let it go forward well, so I can see what happens? He goes, well, well that's not what I'm doing. He goes, I, you know, I want to show you how to study. And it's like, so he showed me how to study film. And you're right. It's, a, it's an art. Well, John said he went once to listen to Vince Lombardi, and he spent like seven hours just on the Packers sweep. And John said, I thought I knew football, but... He no. spent hours and hours on one play. And, and, you know, Nick Saban's a lot reminds me a little bit of John Madden, not the personality, but the, the attention to detail, the, the love of the game of coaching. It's like they tell me that, that Saban, won't, if you're the secondary coach, he's going to coach secondary because <laughs> that's what he does. He loves coaching individual yeah. players. John just seemed to be a guy that, 
his passion for the game was just absolutely off the chart. Limitless. And what a surprise that Saban's best friend is Bill Belichick. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> you're exactly right. You're, the, the two guys are right out of the same page, except Saban's probably a lot more colorful. <laughs> it, well, uh, uh, you can get to your book, and I'll tell you a quick story. I'm listening to the radio on Monday, and it's a beat guy interviewing Belichick, and it's on radio, right? And I don't do a great Belichick interview, but it was hilarious. Guy says, uh, so, Coach, uh, every Super Bowl that you guys have been in, you never scored in the first quarter. And he said, w- what are you going to do about that? And uh, he has that voice. He says, uh, well, uh, thanks for pointing that out. But uh, when we're on offense, we're trying to score every time we get the ball. And when we're on defense, we're trying to stop them every time we get the ball. <laughs> Did you see the press conference where uh, when they lost to the Dolphins and um, someone asked him, were you looking past the Dolphins to Pittsburgh? And he just let it be dead air, which, you know, is the worst, right? Dead air for like 10 seconds and then just said, no. <laughs> I asked him a question Sunday night, and, and I've covered every one of the Patriots Super Bowls, yeah. so I know that you can't ask him a yes-no question because he'll go no. Right. So, I, you know, I, it, 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 he really does intimidate you because, because the thing you're thinking about when you're asking the question is, is he, is he in a good mood? Did somebody just ask a stupid question before me? Am I going to get the wrath of somebody else but I asked a very simple question he answered it very nicely and I thought that was yeah he really I've always gotten along with him and the reason is in 1979 Will McDonough the great late Will McDonough said to me go over and introduce yourself to that uh, assistant who's an assistant with the Giants because he is going to be big someday so I we went over and I had lived in Maryland so we talked lacrosse right you talk lacrosse with them you're you're okay Wow, wow. All right, so tell, tell me about the book. I don't. Do I have it here? Yeah, I can't hey, see it. That's hey, why I didn't know. For those on radio, we're waiting for the book. Okay, so I All right, here we go. So hold that up for us. So wow, I that's this a great book. picture. Well, when was I, that taken? Uh, it was right before the Super Bowl. Um, I was the only woman ever to present the Lombardi Trophy. Which Super Bowl? It was Bowl? Here, in, here in Minneapolis, the Redskins. Oh, that one. Okay, yeah, great. Yeah, Buffalo. That so, looks good in you. The, so it's kind of polished and looking really well, nice. you know what? I want you to read a couple of the endorsements. Read okay. The one from Robert Kraft. Okay, so Robert Kraft says about Leslie's book, Sometimes you have to cross when it says don't walk. A well, memoir of breaking barriers with Leslie Visser. So... Robert Kraft, the owner of the world champ, five-time world champion New England Patriots, says 40 years ago, we shouldn't have said that. We should yes. have said a few years ago, no. Leslie Visser covered my first professional team, the Boston Lobsters. She earned my trust, then as remained with my favorite people in sports, Leslie has always been one of the best at getting and telling a story. Now she tells her story. Wow. Thank you. You should well, have put that title. like like. Well, no, I had CBS Les Moonves oh, up yeah, here. Oh, <laughs> yeah, well, we got we to gotta pay, pay homage there. I'll tell you, the what title a good looking book. comes from, um, uh, I was 10 years old, living in Cincinnati, and um, I think back then, this is in the 60s, early 60s, women were teachers, nurses, homemakers, and my mother said, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I said, I want to be a sports writer, wow. which was so weird, weird right? Yeah. And she said, great. Sometimes you have to cross when it says don't walk. So this covers your career? It is. It's just so anecdotes. So it's more of an anecdotes about your career? It is. Stories it like is. you told me about John yes, Madden? and pictures. Oh, wow. I think I have. Well, That's you in the bus. the bus. There's, I threw out the first pitch with Tony, Tony LaRusso. Who's this? Interviewing Venus Williams. There are, oh, wow. I, I've done every sport, every, every. 
Okay, so you're going to give me one, right? Yes. And you're going to sign it for I me, will. right? I can't wait to read it. And you'll have fun because you can open it anywhere. You know what's great? What this would be great for too is some of these young ladies that want to be yes. sportscasters. But I want, I wanted, to, I sort of wrote it for anyone who has yeah. a dream. You know, I don't care if you're black or right. white or Hispanic or gay or and where, straight. And where do you get it? Uh, where we get the book? Oh, uh, Amazon or here Barnes and Noble. Right. Oh, so Barnes and Noble right here at Mall yeah, of America. Right here in oh, Mall of America. On. Everybody should step out and get that. Well, I hope. So are you doing are. like a tour? Yes, I've been. Uh, are you going to be on like a city tour? Where are you going to go? Yeah, I've been. I've been in Washington. I was on. Are you coming to CBS. North Carolina? You know what? Um, I go there for the V Foundation, but that's not on my list. But I should put Charlotte, it on my list. Charlotte, Raleigh. I should put it on my list. Well, you better but, tell me. All right, if you're coming, and I'll come down. We'll, okay. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll, well enjoy I'll it. Sign it after. Leslie, uh, it's always a pleasure. It is Roman. We I have mean, a blast. You know, my dad worked with Brent Musburger for years doing a Big Ten football. Of course. And he, and as meticulous as my father was about football, he wanted to be a great broadcaster as well. And was. And Brent was a tremendous mentor to him, helped him in so many ways. And so when I think about oh, thinking about Brent without you is hard because uh, you guys were so tremendous as a team. And, of course, Irv Cross was such a good friend of our families when he played for the Rams and then one of the nicest men ever. You know what Irv told me? Uh, and he was right. He said, wait do you start doing sidelines in the cold, your mouth freezes. And so I can remember going over to Jerome Bettis and saying, "You." it was a Monday night football game. I said, you have to have a great game because in this cold, I cannot be saying Mustafa Ma'afala or whatever his name was. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I said, really, you have to have a great game. <laughs> Leslie, thanks for coming by. Remember, you, Leslie's book, sometimes. sometimes you have to cross when it says don't walk. Her memoirs, her stories, and if you love sports, this is the one you want. It's an easy read. Easy and easy. And she's got a great sense of humor, so I know it's going to be funny. Yeah, too. it is fun. The opening line in is, is uh, when people ask me where I live, I say, baggage claim. There you go. <laughs> I like that. Thanks for coming on Thank Sold Out, Leslie. Sure. As always, love you. You've been listening to Sold Out Sports Talk with Roman Gabriel III. Our podcasts are available at AFR.net. You can follow Roman on his official website, soldouttv.com, and on Facebook at Roman Gabriel 3. We'll catch you next time on Sold Out Sports Talk, your source for faith, family, and sports.